0: Yacking show this is the show that brings you more actionable business tips and ideas than you'll find almost in any one single place on the whole internet we do that by bringing you interesting guests and international guests and today is no exception but first let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais hi Kathleen how are you doing today
1: I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. And we have uh, the privilege of welcoming Roslyn Rance to the show. Hello, Roslyn. How are you?
2: Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Peter. I'm very well, thank you. You're in Australia. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Now, Roslyn, you are the CEO of Travel Agent Achievers, Rosalind helps travel professionals build a successful business. And let's jump right into it. Rosalind, how exactly do you help travel professionals succeed?
2: Well, my background, Kathleen, is in international education and sales and marketing. And I switched careers uh, about 14, 15 years ago now into the travel industry. And at the time, everyone said that I was crazy. Why are you doing that? You're traveling the world and now you're starting a business from scratch and you're in the travel industry. There's so many changes. And for me, it was a big jump. But one thing that I knew more than anything was that how how to start a business is through passion. And for me, travel, I just loved it. And I loved helping people explore this incredible planet that we live on. And for me, it was also about having the business focus. So now what I do with Travel Agent Achievers, and I've been doing for several years now, is really championing the success and the wins of other business owners, specifically in the travel industry, and also encourage them to focus on their business. They know how to sell travel. They know the destinations. They understand geography. But when it comes to building a business, I really believe that you need to focus on the business. But also as small business owners we don't necessarily stop and celebrate the wins. We don't stop and celebrate the successes or if we hit a target with something or we've landed a great new client or a client's return from a trip, we don't celebrate that enough. And I think as small business owners, having people around you that can champion that and actually say, let's stop for a moment. And let's celebrate this, like get out the pom-poms, whatever it is, and cheer on that success. So with Travel Agent Achievers, it's definitely about helping travel advisors focus on their business and also through championing their success and encouraging them just to succeed.
0: Right. Mm, Very good. Going to ask you a bit more about the transition you made later on, but first of all, for For travel agents in our audience, or travel professionals, should I say, in our audience, and and service providers in general in our audience, and we have a lot in our audience, what's one tip that you could give them that they should focus on today to try and improve their business?
2: One piece of advice that I received early in my career was Mm. know your numbers. And so I've carried that through. Know your numbers, and that can be anything. I like looking at the actual numbers over a percentage in smaller business because it's the real life fact and we can celebrate that. Mm. So it could be how much did you sell last month? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that in line with what you have outgoing? Um what about the number of clients? I do look at things like social media if that's the platform where small business owners are or where your clients are. So I say, all right, well, how are you going there? Are you putting in the time and the effort that warrants or has the return on investment? But also I would say it's definitely looking at all things across your business and really know those numbers so that Mm -hmm. you are across everything and you know what you need to focus on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good advice. I'm going to jump in quick. That reminded me of something I did uh, many years ago when I was in a different part of the world, in the Southern Hemisphere, but in Africa, and I had my own business, about 15 employees, and I'd made the transition from corporate, and the thing that frightened the hell out of me, excuse my language, was meeting payroll every month, right? So my my biggest metric, my most important goal was – making payroll and I tried to do that by about the 10th of the month because you can put a lot of other bills off for a few days but you can't put your salaries and wages so that was and I was speaking to other people I said that's a a really good idea to to know that you're covering your payroll and then you're okay you're going to survive
2: another month oh I like that I like that to break it down even further and and specifically around staff the travel advisors that I work with they may not necessarily have large sure. teams or if they do. But I really like that because even for myself, I know that the money that's coming in, it has to cover the team. I wouldn't dare let them go without pay. But sure, if there was a subscription that bounced, okay.
0: <laughs> so, and it, it's, ver- it's very easy. If you know your profit margins, it's very easy to know how much revenue you've got to turn over to, to meet payroll, right? Or to meet any other overhead. So it's quite easy to calculate.
2: Absolutely. Well, that was a that was probably yeah. the first thing that I did at the beginning of the pandemic and that's what I encouraged a lot of other small business owners do was look at your cash flow. How long can mm-hmm. you survive with the money that you yep. already have in the bank without income coming in? And we weren't able to Travel. So it really opened the eyes of a lot of travel professionals and small business owners to look at their numbers and say, sure. Oh, I really can only operate without a support or assistance or getting another job for one month, maybe. Uh, and mm-hmm. that was the question that they had to ask themselves. So looking at that first was, you know, a really big thing for me because I needed to know where was my business at yeah. um, and how long could it last without actually having income coming in. Yeah, it's a really big eye-opener. So knowing your numbers, I think, is really good. No, you're
0: absolutely right. Very good advice. Yeah, back to you, Kathleen. Excellent,
2: yes.
1: What strategies can a travel business uh, develop to help them stand out from the rest?
2: Yeah, this is a great one. I love this, Kathleen. And I I really like to share that there are three things um, when looking at a travel business that you want to build that you should focus on. Now, I know in the Northern Hemisphere you say niche we say here, Mm -hmm. niche, and finding your passion. So what is it that you really want to promote and sell? And I say break it into three different areas if you're not sure. Because when a travel advisor or a travel business first opens, you generally take any client that's coming in because you're so excited. But as you build your business, you can tell that the passion comes through and your knowledge and your expertise when you are specifically focused on one of these three. So I would say the first one is, look at the people that you want to travel so is that that you want to focus on family travel or a specific um clientele you know are mm-hmm. they seniors or that are they retirees or are they the school leavers the gap leavers a specific type of person because that's who you can relate to you know them and you can understand them really well Now, it's not that you are excluding anybody else. Absolutely not. It's just that you know what these people specifically want right away. The second Mm -hmm. area would be focusing on a destination. So if, for instance, and I have clients that I work with that specialize in thailand or in the Mm -hmm. philippines or in canada or alaska or africa so specialize in the specific destination because you can know that understand it and really find what's the amazing experiences that your clients can have there so focusing on the destination and then the third one is the experience and this is where you might be a cruise specialist Or you may Mm -hmm. love snowboarding and skiing. So you're promoting and you're talking about that with passion. To anybody across the world who wants to experience those things it might be hiking it might be culinary it might be um pickleball for instance I've got clients who focus specifically on pickleball tournaments around the world really? this is a oh. brand new niche <laughs> yeah I know right yeah, the wow. other one is that fascinates me is um cornhole competitions right <laughs> now, who would have ever thought that You know, you could specialize in something so unique and so niche, but I can guarantee there are thousands and thousands of people that travel to these experiences so that they can compete or so that they can be around like-minded people. And that's what is so precious and so beautiful about travel is that there are so many things that you can promote, that you can speak to, that you can experience, And it comes down to really having a think about what is it that you want to focus on. So for any travel professional out there, absolutely standing out from the rest. I think if you find that one niche or niche that you love to talk about, that's what will help you stand out.
1: Interesting. You know, that is yeah, excellent that's... advice, and it's not just for the travel business, um, Rosalind. I think that is wonderful advice for really anyone in business. Mm-hmm. Is to really mm. is to really focus, and you become an expert, and you're seen as an expert when you do that. Isn't that right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much right. so. And we Absolutely. we interviewed someone else in a different part of the travel industry. I think he, we published it last week, Ralph That's Velasco. Right. Yep. And his niche was um, photography travel mm. because he was a photographer. That was his hobby, which he developed into a business. And then he was taking 12 or 15 people with him. Mm-hmm. to exotic destinations purely for ph- photography. So he was doing exactly what you suggested. Uh, and we had another oh, yeah. one of, a couple of years ago specialised on rural Italy. Remember that lady? That mm-hmm. uh, She was Canadian, and she takes tours to a certain part of Italy. I can't remember the destination, but it's like one province of Italy. Mm-hmm. That's her speciality. Yeah, very good. So it's let's so get amazing. back to you. And- yeah. No.
2: When, you, when you actually do focus on that one thing, your heart is pumping and you can tell in the excitement. And I see it all the time, even with clients that I speak to. Sure. I'm excited for their trip and I'm almost wanting to go on it with them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, personal one, I I did the Camino de Santiago 2019, uh, the pilgrimage in Portugal. Wow. I did. I did the one from yeah. Portugal, and not the not the very long one, two hundred and fifty. But I spoke to a travel agent who, who Kathleen knows well too. Because it was a complicated booking and I needed to go, come back via England and I just didn't have the time to try and organize it myself. And when she heard where I was going, she said, oh, you know, I've had other people and she got really excited about where I was going. And uh, when I came back, I had to send her photos and tell her all about it. And so she was going to try and get more people interested in that one. Exactly what you're talking about.
2: Mm. And we this- do love it. We absolutely love being able to be on those adventures with you because mm-hmm. that's what fuels our passion and it fuels our excitement as travel professionals. And that's one of the beauty, beautiful things about the industry that I love that we can explore through others' eyes as well.
0: Sure. So let's get back to the Rosalind story now. You, you were <laughs> a travel agent yourself and you did all this traveling all over the world and exotic places and you made this huge mm-hmm. transition to starting a business. Now, you've mentioned a little bit about why you did it, but tell our audience a little bit more of the story and and what you had to do. What hoops did you have to jump through to do that?
2: Yeah, so for me, the big decision was that I really wanted to come home. Okay. I was promoting Australia as a destination. Uh, internationally, I was responsible for multi million dollar budgets, several staff all over the world. I really just wanted to come home. And I was the director of sales and marketing at the end there for our Kaplan Education, which is quite big in the US. So we mm-hmm. had six schools in Australia that I was responsible for, and I love—I absolutely loved the job. I loved being able to travel. I loved the people. I loved. Seeing, and I even see it now. I've actually got somebody who I work with who was a student back when I was in international education. And she said to me, This was last year, she said, Roz, when I met you, I was only 16. And she said, I came to a careers week, uh, like a career expo, and spent a few days Mm -hmm. with you talking about the hotel industry. And she said, from that, it actually changed the career path that I wanted to go on. Uh, She wanted to be a flight attendant at the time. And I challenged her on why she was doing it, what she wanted to do. She ended up joining the travel industry and it's come full circle now. And she's part of my program now. And it only came about because we were talking about this one experience. And she said, Ros, it's so nice that it has come full circle I've stayed in the industry. I love what I do and I now get to learn from you again. But for me, it was really um, a big transition from the corporate space into an industry Mm -hmm. that I didn't know. I didn't have any clients. I really just love travel and I wanted to come home. I wanted to define my own work hours. I wanted to have the flexibility in going and having coffee I didn't have a family um you know I had no kids at that point it was really just a lifestyle change for me the biggest hurdle was actually understanding the systems so in mm-hmm. travel we use some very archaic systems uh, we still do uh, right back to I think they were saying the other day like telly something or other that they used to have to type up tickets it was a It's a big change now, but it is still all coding in a sense that we have to understand a lot of codes. So for me, it was understanding and learning all of that. I already had the sales and marketing skills, Mm -hmm. so I knew that I could do something, but it was then around the business. So the first thing that I did was reach out to people who had businesses. I surrounded myself with people who understood the mentality of an employee versus a business owner, Mm -hmm. and I was able to really leverage off the relationships that I had to encourage me to build my business. That was getting business coaches, understanding what needed to be done to build a business, where did I need to focus, and that's what I really do now is just help travel professionals understand where to focus on, what are their pain points and what's the next step for Mm -hmm. them depending on how they want to grow. Not everyone wants to build a multi-million dollar business. Sure. Some people just want to be able to earn enough money to save for a holiday and take their family to Disneyland. Right. You know, and that's once a year. I mean, that's fine. It doesn't have to be building to these multi-million dollar conglomerates. It really is about the person. So for me, it was always about what is it that I needed help with? Where could I get the help? And asking the right people. I love my family to bits, but they don't even understand what I do. <laughs>
0: right,
2: <laughs> And I, you can't talk to them about, you know, the problems that you have on a day-to-day basis in business. Mm-hmm. It, they're still trying mm-hmm. to grasp that I can get them from Australia to Europe to go and see family.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> It's like, oh, that's what the house for. Um, <laughs> I can't go and talk to them about business metrics or uh, return on investment or mm-hmm. finances and those sorts of things. They, it just goes straight over the head and that's okay. I don't need them for that. I love them for who they are, but I do need to surround myself and have people in my corner, like I'm in others that understand the conversations that need to be had to help myself improve. Um, And a big thing for that for me is really about great systems. You need to have great systems in business in order to either leverage your time or grow if you want to. So it's one area that I absolutely see, you know, in order to succeed, you need to have great systems and you need to have the right people in your corner that can help you succeed. And that's coaches, mentors, even other business owners. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, Rosalind,
1: is there anything along your journey in building your business that you might've
2: done differently? Was there anything- Differently, mm-hmm. yeah. I would absolutely say that. I wish I'd learnt to say no sooner. Nice. <laughs> uh, I am, I am very much somebody who just loves to take care of everyone else. I put everyone else, I put their mask on before putting my own on. You know, mm-hmm. they say not to do that on the plane, and I hope that if that ever happened, that I would put my mo- my own on first. But I, I would love to say that. You know, I wish I had learnt to say no. Or have clearer boundaries, Mm -hmm. understanding what is it that I could commit to and what is it that I just didn't enjoy doing and being stronger with myself to value myself, my expertise, and my knowledge. Yeah, definitely in the travel industry. I think that even now, as it is, everybody is wanting to travel. It is so hard to say to somebody, look, I would love to be able to help you travel. I would love to be able to book that trip for you, but I just don't have the time right now. Or I, I'm absolutely swamped with something else. It's really hard to say no when you want to help other people explore sure. this planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it That'd is be the biggest I, thing, Kathleen.
0: <laughs> so that, that's a good one. And um, it, that's answered what I was going to ask you next. So, so let's ask you another one. How has the industry, the travel industry, bounced back after the COVID pandemic?
2: Yeah, it's been a real challenge. Mm. Uh, So we went from the peak, so 2019 was – this big peak that we were seeing a lot more people travel, the opportunities were there for a lot more people as well. And then the the crash. So we weren't able to travel. Everybody mm-hmm. was locked in their houses for a couple of years. And for me, that was a really challenging time. And not only for my business, but also for the clients that I was taking care sure. of. In the in the month or two just after all the borders closed, and here in Australia it was that hard lockdown. We were an island, nobody in or out. And for for me, I had just over a thousand clients that were due to travel. As a small business owner, that felt like a lot of weight on my shoulders. Probably close to a million dollars worth Mm -hmm. of money that had already been sent all over the world to airlines, two hotels, two tour operators. And I just, I felt that weight and I carried it for two years. But what I did was actually wow. communicate with my clients and I just talked to them regularly. I sent out mass communication to them consistently as the the borders hit but it was also just keeping everybody up to date. So now Mm -hmm. what we're seeing, and I'm so happy, uh, in 2022, the borders opened again. I was the first person to get a large group into Fiji, which we had been changing uh, three or four times during COVID, the dates and trying to manage everybody's expectations, um, as well as keep our suppliers afloat as well in the hotels. So we had 300 people arrive in Fiji after the borders opened in April, 2022. And I've got photos and videos of myself. I didn't take that other people did. And I call it the ugly crying because I am <laughs> literally sobbing as everybody is walking into a conference room, but it was sheer yeah. relief and joy and yeah, this mm-hmm. massive weight off my shoulders. But what we've seen since then, since the borders have opened is a lack of staff. The mm-hmm. travel professionals as well, we saw, you know, probably two-thirds of our industry actually just close or shut. Yeah. And so to find a professional travel advisor and somebody who knows their stuff and that's been doing it a long time can be a challenge. Mm. So now we're looking at what are the skills, who who there can support and encourage others or mentor new advisors into the industry, and it's not just in the travel industry. And I speak on in travel from a travel professional point of view, but across the whole industry now, Mm -hmm. you guys Mm -hmm. will see it as well with um, you go into a hotel and initially you may not have even been able to have your room made up or, or now it may not be made up until the afternoon or you only get every two day service or the reception staff are new. So we're seeing this real transition again. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to travel. We are finding that prices are high. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you've got credits, you might have to buy a flight to the same or higher value than what you have a credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, hotels are experiencing tremendous growth as well, but it, we are having challenges in the staffing point of view and just trying to scale back up to the numbers that we had pre-COVID, yeah. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. We board. interviewed a, Sorry, we interviewed a- yeah we interviewed an event organizer a very successful event organizer oh, a couple of months ago she said exactly the same that people want to since all the all the restrictions were lifted people now businesses want events but the hotels can't find staff so they can not and the uh, facility last quick one on travel we got a little bit of time in hand um, My son is taking his family to Europe in August, September, because he's very concerned about uh, digital ID being required for flights into Europe and or UK in particular from September onwards. Is that uh, having is that a fear for a lot of people?
2: Nope. (laughs) Uh, I think everybody has fears on different aspects of what they what travel looks like for them in the future. We've had Mm -hmm. it with vaccinations. We've Mm -hmm. had it with digital IDs and passports. We're having it across the range. But I don't think that it is en masse. I think that in general, people still want to travel. And if they do, they need to succumb to or they need to adhere to whatever the policies are of the destination they are travelling to. So we can't control that. And I think as travellers, we need to be mindful of any countries. You know, requirements, that is something that we are definitely across and we are also managing the expectations of our clients. So if I would was to have a client that said, you know, I'm not happy with this, I don't want to, but I really want to go there, then I would have to look at and say to them, there are really two choices. I can't change the government requirements, mm-hmm. but do you want to go there or would you be happy to visit somewhere else somewhere that else. might right. be similar or have similar experiences? But I think there's going to be a lot of changes in the travel industry, we've already seen a lot. We are all just trying to catch up and keep it abreast of what's actually going on. And every country is different, so that's mm-hmm. the challenge: is what countries are doing, what, and how can we, on mass, actually adhere to what the country requirements are? Yeah. Okay. Can
1: you tell about us? You about your, can you tell us about your services and your podcast?
2: So I specifically work with travel professionals globally. We have the podcast, which is called Travel Agent Achievers. I also have a mentoring and mastermind program called The Achievers. I have a lot of free resources. My biggest thing to help somebody succeed is really just learn, absorb, but take action. And so I like to be able to give resources that are exactly there for that. If you want to know how to find out, who is your niche? Um, then great, I've got a free resource for that. If you want to know how to get staff and know exactly what those staff should be doing or how they could help you in your travel business, then on our website we have all those free resources. So for anything that I can do to support and encourage the travel and tourism industry and travel professionals globally to build their business whether it's focusing on sales, marketing, operations, uh, finances, their client services, then it's a one-stop shop. I'm not going to teach you how to, you know, book something in Europe. I am purely focused on the business behind the person. So Travel Agent Achievers on the website is the best place to find me as well as uh, on socials. So Instagram, send me a DM. I'd love to hear from everyone and also our podcast. Excellent.
0: Jolly good. We will put all the details there for our audience and for our audio listeners, a reminder, once again, you can get all those details if you go to the description wherever you find the podcast on your favorite platform. So, Rosalind, here's my what we call our burning question for all our successful guests, and it's something that intrigues both of us, and the answers intrigue us even more. Mm-hmm. With all your experience, both in the corporate world, travel, so you, you, you've you been exposed to all sorts of different cultures, probably more than the average business person, and with your own business now for many years, and the clients that you advise. In all that experience, is there one habit, mindset or characteristic that sets the successful business leaders apart from those that remain average, or is it more complicated?
2: I have a saying that I say to myself, which is do something today that others won't so that tomorrow you can do something that others can't. Ah. And that just spurs me to keep going. No, it's not just about the to-do list. Do that one thing more. Focus when you're focused on your business. If you take one action each month working on your business at the end of the year, you are 12 steps ahead of somebody who just said, I'm too busy. So that is a saying that I love to say, which is do something today that Mm -hmm. others won't so that tomorrow you can do something that others can't.
0: That That is very good.
1: Yeah, it is and
0: very true. Very true as well. Excellent. I love
1: that. Excellent. I'm going to have
0: to yeah, that. I do. I do too. <laughs> we'll
2: have yeah. to.
0: Read that I think we, we we need to put that in big letters on our wall, opposite where we sit. Now, <laughs> thank yeah. you very much. Yeah,
2: it's a real it's a real reminder. And if you do have that in big letters, just print it out or write it somewhere in your office. You will look at it and say, "Yeah, you know what? Just that one more thing." Yeah, and yep. I'm not saying yep. work 15, 16, 17 hours a day. Oh, sure. I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to that at all. I now have a family. I am out the door at 2.30 of the afternoon. I want to go and pick my son up from school. Like I'm very intentional with the work that I do. So, very <laughs> you good. Know, just make sure that you can do that extra thing though. Hmm.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. So I- my la- my last bit before I hand over to Kathleen oh, sure. is um, – Sorry, Kathleen, for our audience, you've heard and seen another one of our very interesting guests that we have on the show, Uh, so that you don't miss out on our guests that are coming up. We have a lot of uh, very interesting guests coming up. Hop onto our website, theyackingshow.com, sign up for our newsletter, and then every week you'll get a little reminder who's who's coming on the show. And that's it for me. Thank you very much. Back to Kathleen.
2: Rosalind, let people know how they can contact you. Directly off our website. You website, can find me right. at travelagentachievers.com and also through social media. You'll find mm-hmm. me mostly on LinkedIn uh, or Instagram and Facebook.
0: Excellent.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much. It was uh Just very inspiring listening to you chat today, uh, Rosalind. Thank you so much for being on the show and thank you all for tuning in. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. We would love to hear from you. And please, if there's any topics you'd like us to cover, let us know. We have access to many experts on this show. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.